Welcome everyone to another Red Sox hot stove edition of the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Red Sox made a significant signing uh, early this morning. Adam Duvall uh, was signed to a $7 million deal with incentives that could bring it up to $10 million. He will be uh, presumably the center fielder going forward. We will be discussing that, our reaction, how everything will play out now that he's in there because there's Kike uh, implications as well. We'll also uh, touch on the middle infield situation, which still does not appear to be resolved yet. And uh, in the third segment, we'll discuss some Tanner Houck trade buzz and um, apparently a lot of teams interested in him. And so we'll talk about how much sense that might make. Joining me tonight, Andrew Dwan. Andrew, how are you? Doing good. Got snowed in today in Denver. A lot of snow came down. Good thing I worked from home. Didn't have to deal with that at all. Kind of just shoveled at lunch and haven't gone out since. How much snow? I think we got close to a foot in spots. Wow. We had a lot of wind, which was pretty significant. But yeah, they don't plow out here in Denver, so the roads are just disasters. I don't miss that. No, no, not at all. <laughs> we had we had plows, but still, I mean, that's a foot is significant, no matter where you live. So absolutely. Also joining us tonight, back stateside, at least for now, Charlie Smith. Charlie, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much uh, for having me back on. feels like forever. Uh, you both look great, but um, let me tell you, it's interesting to hear people talk about snow because I saw nothing but rain for the longest time. Didn't matter. Even when I got back here, a lot of rain. So couldn't win. <laughs> it's just raining every day, it feels like. Well, Brazil's essentially a rainforest anyway, isn't it? Uh, depending on where you are, yeah. Okay. Um, if you were to look at the weather, um, I'm not looking at it right now, but there's a I'm going to say there's a 95% chance there's at least 25% chance of rain each day where my family is. Uh, I sent you of how bad it was in certain parts of Brazil. You literally see cars floating down the street. It's that bad. <laughs> that is pretty bad. Yeah. Not much to speak of down here in South Carolina. Most days getting into the 60s, kind of flirting with 70s, but we've had some odd days where it uh, didn't get much above 50 and the uh, the nights can dip down into the upper 30s, uh, but uh, like I said, not, not a lot to not a lot going on. So, all right, let's uh, go ahead get into the news of the day. Uh, Adam Duvall, this was a name once Trevor Story got uh, you know the news broke that he would miss a chunk of the season, potentially all of it. Uh, Adam Duvall became a prominent name on the radar. So, uh, Andrew, go ahead. Take us through your thoughts on, you know, the signing and how you think it'll fit. Yeah, you know, that was the first name I gave in our reaction podcast to uh, the Trevor Story news and how we could potentially fill the hole um, that Story left in that lineup. And quite frankly, I've been pushing for Adam Duvall since the 1st of December. That was my first uh, mention of him and, you know, the Fenway overlay, the defense. 
I just thought it was a really good fit. And now, and that was even at a time before any of the other free agents had signed. Cause I, I mentioned Hanniger in there as well. So Adam Duvall was a guy that I liked going into the off season. I liked what he brought uh, to the team in regards to defense, uh, clubhouse chemistry, a huge factor in that. And just the power. I, you know, we're not going to see him working long at bats here. That's we got to get that out of the way. That's not going to be him. He's going to be swinging for the fences every time. And if he's healthy, we're looking at a 35 home run guy at Fenway could even be more could really abuse that left field wall. We saw it that three game stretch uh, during that ridiculous COVID season when he came in with Atlanta Um Honest to God, that was one of the furthest home runs outside of like that Manny Coke bottle blast I saw go over uh, the monster and Eckersley almost had a heart attack halfway through the call. And I just think that this is a player with extremely high upside. Yes, injury risk. Um, they're going to have to shuffle him around. Can't play him in center every day. That just can't be a thing. They're going to have to really move him around when there's lefties in the or lefty and starter going because then you'll shuffle Casas out. You can move, you know, Kike around because Justin Turner is going to be playing. Yoshida can move to DH. Ref Snyder can hop in. So there's ways to protect him. I just think that, you know, with Trevor's story, you're not going to replace him just, you know, with another cal- caliber of his, you know, player shortstop right now. So what do you do? You take those offensive stats and you put them into a different position. And I think Adam Duvall can match that. And that other point I brought up with the clubhouse presence, it was bad last year. It was one of the most negative clubhouses I've seen. Those guys were moping around. We called it out on multiple podcasts that they just always seem mad, even you know when things were going relatively good. Uh, I think Xander was pretty moody last year. Uh, Evaldi definitely spoke up and spoke out of place a few times. The whole um, – Plawecki situation was stupid. And now we got a guy that comes in, smiles, players love him. I just think it's a move in a great direction. Couple him with uh, Justin Turner. It's a whole new ball club. I'm really looking forward to see how these guys gel. I don't, too many people have been thrown out 2013, but you can see like the 2013 vibes with everyone really getting along. And I think that they can create something there and uh, become pretty close knit. Charlie, go ahead. Well, this is going to be fun because, um, you know, Andrew already touched up on a couple of things. One being the fact that Adam Duvall isn't a, a necessary lock to be healthy. Um, in the last four years, this is someone who has only played more than 91 games once in his, you know, once in four years. Granted, you had the COVID year in 2020, so you can throw that out if you want to. We can pretend like that doesn't matter. He has 30 home run ability. He can hit 100 RBIs. He's not going to steal any bases for you unless he plays for like one of two teams. That's just not going to happen. This guy hits like 230, 240. Um, I'm not expecting him to absolutely turn it around in his career at the age of 34 this is a hunter renfro redo it's basically that all over again if you look at their numbers they're very very similar the difference is with all of his incentives and whatnot you're paying three times what you paid hunter renfro for adam duvall now Andrew already touched up on the fact that you're not going to want to play him every single day. This isn't going to be someone who we expect at 30 home runs. While he can do it, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that's behind him. Uh, we saw what he did in 2021. Um, 
we saw exactly what happened in 2022. And even if he hits 230 with 20 homers and 60 RBIs, you probably call that a win. Um, does he have the ability to probably hit more home runs? Probably more RBIs, maybe a few. Um, overall, not completely disappointed with the signing. I really would have loved to have spent more money um, or spent and gotten another guy in, in the uh, rotation, but it is what it is. And again, Andrew touched up on the fact that this is not going to be a replacement with Trevor Story. You're not going to see that kind of output all over again. It's just not going to happen. Um, he strikes out one out of three times. So you got the strikeout numbers up there for him. I want to remain open-minded with Adam Duvall because he has yet to play a game for the Red Sox. And I don't want to start poo-pooing every single signing that we make because there's going to be plenty of time for that um, during the regular season if it starts to backfire and not look good. Um, The signing that we got, as far as he's concerned, if he ends up doing really, really well, would it surprise me if he ends up getting traded? No. Because this isn't a team that's going to blow everybody away. It's not going to be the team that wins the AL East. Not with what we have right now. So at the present moment, I'm kind of curious to see what happens. Last year had a negative war. Is it possible that he turns that around? Sure. Um, His negative war wasn't disgusting. It was just barely negative, but still. Um, I'm hoping that that, in addition to a couple other statistics and and his, you know, team chemistry with the Red Sox does do, you know, better than, you know, what we saw last year when he was a member of the Atlanta Braves. So I'll remain open-minded and, and leave it there. So on January 18th, I, I like the signing given the circumstances. Like there weren't many great outfield options out there. And I was a little nervous because you hear that the Mets are interested and that's a tough team to beat you know, in terms of, you know, being a good destination for a player that's going to give them a chance to win a ring. And I want to say there was one other team that was uh, mentioned as well, but, um, you know, the Red Sox ended up, uh, I, I don't know if anyone came close to what the Red Sox offered. And, um, but, you know, they got it done nonetheless. And now we can bring Kike in and, I'm not sure whether that's going to be second base or shortstop for him. But having said that, if you told me on December 1st that Adam Duvall would be your starting center fielder, you know, considering that all the other options that were open back then, I would have been disappointed, you know, like I keep hammering on and I'll I'll keep doing it until you know, the season finally does start. This was the money off the books year. You know, I just, I thought we were going to acquire better pieces, make splashier signings. I thought signing Trevor's story was like an indication of that. Like just wait till next year, wait till that money comes off the books. And, you know, and we're getting a lot of these one to two year deals that have been the hallmark, you know, of, of, Heimbloom's tenure here in Boston. The other concern I have, I've mentioned it before, I'm going to be an extreme skeptic on uh, Masataki Yoshida until he proves that he's going to have decent numbers. If he can be a 280, you know, 330 on base guy, you know, he's projected higher than that even. But until I see it uh, against good major league pitching and some of the best pitching in, in 
in the major leagues is in the American League East. I'm going to be skeptical about this outfield, uh, you know, as a whole. This could, there is potential for this to be one of the worst offensive outfields in MLB. You know, Verdugo's the only guy I feel pretty decent about. So if Duvall gives us a Hunter Renfro like 2021 and, and Renfro's 2021 was pretty good, you know, he hit uh, just under 260. 31 home runs, 96 runs batted in. That would be good. We will all take that from Adam Duvall if if he can do that this year. And I trashed the Renfro deal when it happened, and I ate a lot of crow, and he he was one of my favorite players that season. And I know he had a little bit of controversy at the end with some comments he made, and apparently you know, there was some stuff going on in the clubhouse that didn't cast him in a good light, but he was still, he he was still fun to watch offensively. Um, You know, he had that cannon of an arm, led the league in assists, outfield assists. That was fun. Um, So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens here with, with Duvall, but um, let's get into, let's bring it back to Andrew here. So where does he fit in the lineup with, with, with his makeup? like what area do you think he'll be hitting from? I don't think he's top four. Um, I really don't. Um, I could see him. It's t- well, you know, that's kind of tough. So, who do we have leading off? I think we had, or when I projected it, I don't even know if that podcast made the air. Or not, nope. But we'll have to, re- <laughs> we'll have to redo that one. Then go on Yoshida, Devers, um, Justin Turner, Tristan Casas, and then, uh, well. Yeah, actually, then it was Trevor's story, but then he got hurt. That's right. So, yeah, uh, well, maybe – so probably fifth. I, I wouldn't doubt fifth. They're going to have to work some left, right, left, right in there. So I guess it's going to depend on, you know, if it's a lefty or righty on the hill that night. I don't see him being, you know, first through fourth, though, in this lineup. Charlie, where do you see it? If he's going to be doing anything, it's going to be the bottom of the lineup, and then we're going to work our way up. He's never going to be the one guy. He'll never be the two guy, and there's no way you're going to supplant who we potentially have in the three, four slot. So that's just that's out. Uh, ideally, I'm I'm guessing he's probably going to be in the six, seven place, and we'll see what happens from there. But at the same time, you you just have to be mindful. If you start messing about with everything, team chemistry, you 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 want to be very mindful of that. I think the the best thing for them to do right now is to start him in, in the sixth or seventh spot. You're not going to have him lead off. That's just not happening. You're not going to have him three four. That's not happening. The odds of him going second are, are slim to none. So that's out. And I think you already know who's going to be batting eighth and ninth. So I'm guessing it's going to be sixth or seventh. I thought this was going to be less complicated than. Uh... than what I initially thought. But um, so here's my concern. Maybe, maybe he does slot in fifth or sixth and he's a, he strikes out a lot. Doesn't draw a ton of walks. He's a career 289 on base guy. So I just don't see him giving a lot of protection to the guy in front of him. The guy in front of him is going to get walked a lot, not have a lot to, not have a lot to hit because they're just going to pitch to Adam Duvall next, and there's a decent chance he doesn't get on base. So 
I would prefer he be in the seven or eight hole, if I'm being completely honest. But here's the problem. I don't know who the two hole is. I was I was thinking he should hit behind Kike because I think Kike can, you know, he, he hits for decent power, lots of extra bases. And you could put a guy like Kike behind Casas, who will probably have Turner in front of him and then Devers in front of him. Um, but I just, I think Kike probably has to go to the two hole. You can't put, well, but that's, I guess another thing I should say is a lot of people have Devers in the two hole. I have him in the three hole. So yeah. if, if I got my way, it's going to be Toshida. And I, I guess, I guess it would have to be Kike in the two hole. I, you can't put Verdugo there cause that would be three straight lefties. So it's a little I, bit gonna, of a mess. I'm going to throw one more thing out there. Last year when he was a member of the Braves, the top three or top four spots, Dansby was up there. Uh, Olsen, I think, batted second or third. And Austin Riley batted second or third. So that's your one, two, three. I'm pretty sure Swanson batted leadoff. Andrew, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think he batted fourth. And he definitely wasn't fifth. I think at best he was the sixth guy in Atlanta. But they had a much deeper lineup. Much deeper lineup, absolutely. So, but I think you got to throw that one out the window. Because I mean, you're even Acuna in there, so I, you, you could throw in Acuna too. Acuna, I don't even remember where he he usually is up there in the top two or three too. So maybe maybe Riley was fourth. I thought he was in the top three, but I can't remember their lineup exactly off the top of my head. And uh, you know, Azuna was also in, in there too, uh, when he wasn't being stupid. So they had Acuna, Azuna. And a couple other bats, but even so, are you going to put Adam Duvall ahead of Yoshida, Devers? Um, I, I, I'm not putting him above anybody in the top three or four. Well, yeah, I mean, he's not a top three hitter. I, you he's know, not. I was looking at the 2021 Braves World Series, and he was the, you know, he was in the five hole behind. Uh, Freeman and Riley. So he's got, he's got the pedigree when he's healthy and when he's right. Yeah. He jammed, he jammed his wrist and messed up a ligament last year. That was the issue. If he can give you that 300 OBP, I think the league average is 312. So it's not too insane to think that, you know, if he can just get a hold of a couple balls with guys in front of him, that's kind of what they're asking for at this point. I, I mean, and Terry, I know you're going to weigh in too. You already mentioned that Kike is probably going to go maybe second. Verdugo is going to be up there somewhere. Who do you have bat first, Justin Turner or Adam Duvall? Turner should be up ahead. Would you agree? Wait, I'm confused. No, they're getting, no. I think you, you don't think t- Turner should be batting fifth ahead of, of Duvall? No, I think Turner will probably bat third. Okay. Yeah, he's hitting, he's hitting behind uh, Devers is where he's going to hit. So it just it just that's where Turner will hit. So it just depends yeah. on where Devers gets slotted. I, I, I'm struggling to find a way that Adam Duvall in that in the top five. I know you can't do it, oh, though. That's what Andrew's saying. Devers, Turner, Casas, Duvall. Hold on. Yoshida. Yep. Devers, Devers. Turner. Your two Casas. hitter gets most of bats in the season. Then Turner, then you put Casas, 
and then take your pick. You, I put Duvall easily in the. So five. Well, I would put I would put KK. I, I wouldn't have KK there. I I would put KK fifth. I would put Duvall there. Put KK sixth. Then there's your lefty. Then uh, or Verdugo sixth rather. There's your lefty. Then KK seventh, righty. I don't know. I can't remember if Duvall was a switch hitter. I think he's only a righty. He's not. He's a righty. Yeah, he is. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I had to think about that. Um, I, I, we're going to see. It's not, it's, a, it's not a great fit right now. Months. I know. We have plenty of time. They'll patchwork it, I'm sure. But, I, I mean, if Duvall ends up being viable there, I hate that we're so lefty heavy. That's the problem. That's the problem right now. We just We're going to have four everyday guys in that lineup. And then five if if McGuire is in it. <laughs> it's just insane how many lefties we have right now. Well, so. your infield, who all right. So you have Devers who bats lefty, Casas who bats lefty, everybody else is righty. That's no, like you're, worth you're, it. Yoshida lefty, Devers lefty, Casas lefty, Verdugo lefty. You got four. Isn't your is uh Yoshida only lefty? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we got we got a lefty problem. That then, yeah, you, you really you really do because uh, too. Yeah. Verdugo does have you know reverse splits. He hits lefties pretty well, so you you do have that going for you, and so does Devers. Quite frankly, what is Casas in the minors? He's do- not going to face lefties. He's he he simply won't. He's Are we sure that Yoshida isn't? You don't think he'll play every day, hitter, dude? Yoshida's a le- he's a lefty. Um, no, Casas, they might throw him against some easy lefties, but I guarantee you they'll probably rotate out uh, pretty easily because you can put Justin Turner in at first, and then you can put Ref Snyder in the outfield. You can move a different guy to DH. There's your bench day, your DH day for your, you know Duvall or uh, Yoshida there. So there, there's just ways to maneuver it when there's a lefty in the lineup, Arroyo is a possibility. You, you can work it around when you are facing a tough lefty, but yeah, no, Tristan Casas, Cora might try to build him up for, you know, his confidence there, but I'm going to say, you know, more often than not, Tristan will sit uh, against a tough lefty or even an average lefty. I don't know. That's a tough sell for me. I mean, he talks a big game and, and I, I don't know how good with that he'll be. So I, I just looked it up because I, I remember I reading wrong, something. Go ahead, Charlie. Real quick. So uh, Masataka Yoshida is a switch hitter. So unless he's a bandit, no, no, it, it, he is. So I, I would double check that. Um, unless he said that he's abandoning hitting righty, I think it's safe to say that he's potentially going to be switching this year. Unless he straight up said, and I missed this, he's not going to hit righty anymore. Do we have Japanese numbers from those leagues that we could look I'll at? I'll pull it up right now. Let me see what I can find. I mean, I'd be curious. Another fun I'm telling you right now, he bats left-handed. He does not bat righty. He's not a switch hitter. I I haven't heard of him being a switch hitter either, but I could have sworn that I read that he was a switchy. No, he's 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 a left-handed hitter. Okay. He and I have the same birthday, by the way, July 15th. Um, okay. So the, the lineup is still somewhat to be determined. Um, 
let's go ahead and, and transition here because this could conceivably have somewhat of an impact on that. Maybe not, but um, the, the last remaining thing that needs to be resolved is we need to acquire one more middle infielder. And a guy I like, and I a week ago I wasn't thrilled with it, but after thinking about it a little bit more, I wouldn't mind if the Red Sox brought back on a one-year deal Jose Iglesias. And what I would do with him is we, we don't know which where Kike's playing. Where, where will he hit, do you think, or, or play defensively, Kike? Is he shortstop wait, or second wait. base? Are we talking with or without a uh, middle infield acquisition? I think Kike's a middle infielder anyway now, so I'm just trying to figure out where... Well, yeah, no, no, I agree. He's going to be a middle infielder, but are we talking they bring in a middle infielder you know, that could play, has experience at second and short, or are we talking, you know, just like okay. if they didn't bring in anyone... Where's TK playing? Well, Arroyo can play both middle infield spots. I, I think he's got more time at second, but Cora was playing him at shortstop uh, here and there because we all remember Xander Love's days off. Um, so he did see some time at shortstop. So I guess if if I got my way and Iglesias uh, was the the acquisition, and I think he could be had for probably in the three to five million dollar range. Um, you know, I, I guess that would put Kike more at second because Iglesias is a natural shortstop. Now, what I like about this is you can kind of platoon him with Christian Arroyo, and their splits aren't drastic either way. Um, Arroyo does hit better against lefties, so may, perhaps he would see more time, uh, you know, against those guys. But um, Iglesias hits, uh, actually hits lefties better as well, 291, but. He's only 17 points lower than that against righties, 274. Um, weirdly, though, he's got 262 runs batted in against righties, only 104 against lefties, despite the higher average. So, I mean, he can hit both, you know, both righties and lefties. And I think if you bring in a guy like Iglesias, he don't have to start every day either in it. It gives you, you know, it gives you some load management for Arroyo, who's never going to play 140 games. I think either of them can play 80 to 100, however Cora wants to shake it out. I think Arroyo is a bat you want in the lineup, though. I mean, he can be an electric factory at times. And I thought he had decent second uh, half numbers last year. I forgot to double check that. But I just think Iglesias would would make a very good uh, platoon they could still go after a guy, you know, like Elvis Andrews. Um, I know talks with the Marlins, you know, we discussed earlier, Joey Wendell could be, uh, you know, a target. Um, but, you know, as we're getting further along here, or go ahead, Charlie. I mean, I don't know why we we, uh, we wouldn't bring him back. I mean, this is someone who has had multiple stints in, in Boston, Um did really well his second time, and that was in an abbreviated time. He did great. He did much better in Boston than he did with, um, God, was it Anaheim? I think it was with uh, the Angels before he came over to the Red Sox. That's again. correct. Yeah. Yeah. And wasn't eligible for um, postseason play because I remember that bit. It was after uh, September 1st. Correct. Yeah. 
I don't know why we wouldn't bring him in. He's what, 32, 33 maybe? I think he's 33 now. Why not? What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Why wouldn't you bring back someone that's familiar with the team? And he, you know, he's still a pretty good defender. Not quite what he was, you know. No, but he's still he's still able to hit the ball, and he's hitting three hundred. Yeah, he hit two ninety two last year, three fifty. And what I failed to mention is, I think he'd be perfect in the nine hole, and and a royal hit out of yeah. the nine hole anyway last year. So you you basically gain an extra leadoff guy once the order goes through, and Yoshida, Devers, and all them would have someone to. Um, potentially drive in. So there's a lot of things I like about it. I know Iglesias, you know, he's had some clubhouse issues. You know, he famously got into it with, uh, I think, was it Brian McCann in Detroit? He got into it with one of his catchers. They had to be separated in the dugout. But I think... Uh, that was the reason why the Angels let him go the day after the deadline happened for postseason rosters as an extra FU because he quit on the team. Did he? he put up negative twenty one de- defensive runs saved that year because he just didn't try. He hated. He just didn't want to play. Well, what I <laughs> what I was getting at though is you know he didn't have a reason to be a spark plug when he got here, but he still did, and he was still uh, pushing the laundry cart during the postseason games for the guys that were hitting home runs. And I, I just think Alex Cora could rein him in for a year. I think. I'm gonna go ahead. I honestly. That would be one of my least favorite moves that Bloom would have ever made. Uh, that would be up there with Travis. He'd be my this year's Travis Shaw. Oh, come I was on. Shaw couldn't hit a way out of a weapon. Those two? <laughs> Shaw couldn't even hit the ball. Neither yeah. did Iglesias. He couldn't walk. Really? He, Dude, yeah. look at his numbers. 292. Look at, look at behind the numbers, though. Iglesias, it was smoke and mirror. I, I saw him play plenty out here. He Oh, that's right. He was literally the worst hitter in the league with with hard hitting percentage. He's sick fourth percentile. Average exit velocity first percentile. Barrel percentage first percentile. Walks first percentile. Chase rate third percentile. Okay, cool. You're you're looking at that from 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 a player who, as you mentioned, stopped playing and stopped caring. If he cares, do you think he's doing that? I'm talking about last year when he was unhappy. Who said was he unhappy, was unhappy last year? I was talking about in Anaheim. He was unhappy. Okay, was he? So he was totally fine in Colorado. I mean, they didn't ask for him to come back, and he doesn't seem to be having multi-year deals anywhere. But the guy I would go after is Elvis Andrews. Quite frankly, at this point, their defense is the same. Elvis Andrews was 84th percentile in outs above average. He hit almost 20 home runs last year, stole just about 20 bags, and we're getting to the point where. Who is his market? You know, everyone's pretty set at shortstop. So I don't see him getting more than five to seven million dollars a year, which fits right into the Red Sox, you know, what what they have left into their budget to stay under the tax line. And that's a guy that if story comes back, you can move Elvis Andrews to someone that needs middle infield help. And he's going to be an attractive option for that. Yeah, put up a uh, over three war last year. He's just been rotting away out in Oakland. He goes to Chicago, immediately is revived. I, I just think that Elvis Andrews has a lot more, uh, brings just more to the table, especially athleticism uh, to a team that seems to value that at this point. I mean, we saw, saw Adam Duvall get signed today. One of the faster guys, um, you know, top one third percentile of that in the league. And, 
I just think Elvis Andrews really fits for what the price tag should be right now. So you think you think he's going to get how much? Five to seven million, maybe seven. I think he's going to get more than that. By who? Especially with he doesn't have to play. That's I'm just saying. Like I think if I had the choice between, so you'd rather have Christian Arroyo over Iglesias, correct? Christian Arroyo, yeah. Well, yeah. Terry. I mean, if we brought in Iglesias, I would probably want Arroyo to have more at bats. If that's what you're getting at, I don't know if I, I, I can't trust Arroyo to stay healthy. But that's I, I, mean, with, I think with if he's only playing 80 games, I think I think he's fine. I mean, did he go on the injured list last year? I, I don't think he did. When he played first, he got hurt. When he stretched and hurt his groin. No, I think that, he, that was the year before. I think that was the last year. No. It all just bleeds together. It, I'm but, with Andrew on this. It's bleeding together for him, but he's always you know, injured. Yeah, I would say if you keep him under, you know, 80 games, which you know he'll eventually make it to be that under. But if you keep him there and you don't play him four times a week, I think you're getting a pretty damn good player because when he plays, he's on it. And yeah, he did have great second half stats. Um, I looked that up the other day. And but with with Andrews. Elvis Andrews, I just feel like he's going to want to play every day. Yeah. And he, I just don't. Why couldn't he do that, though? Because if he is your everyday shortstop and he is, you know, average to slightly above average, then Kike can split more time between second and give those guys in the outfield, keep them a healthier rotation. Because, you know, then you can give Duvall a day off. You can give Yoshida a day off. You can let Verdugo slide over to left instead of playing right. And you can just work through guys and keep everyone healthier throughout the year in a much, you know, cleaner rotation. Because I, I don't want Kike to not play outfield this year. He is a damn good outfielder and Duvall can yeah. play either. He can play all three outfield spots. So I just think if you and used to play and, the infield. Yeah. It was way back outfield. in the day. You used to yeah. play a uh, first and third. Absolutely. Yeah. Cincinnati. So I, yeah. I just, I, I think Andrews just brings more potential as a permanent solution until Trevor story gets back. Well, if Trevor story is coming back, see, I, that makes me want Iglesias even more at that point. But here's one other thing to consider. I, I get that that Iglesias, some of his metrics aren't great, but he played like 23, 24 less games than Andrews and only drove in 11 less runs. I mean, that's pretty productive, I think, for a guy like Iglesias, especially in Colorado. You know, th that's not a super robust offensive team. You know, to drive in 47 runs last year, hit 292, 328 on base, and he didn't have any reason to have a, a decent season like that, but he, he still put it together. You know, Andrews, I think, is going to cost a little bit more, and the only real upside I really see in him is he's going to go over the fence, you know, more. And let me pull him back up. He had 17 home runs last year. Elvis Andrews did. But, I mean, that was a bit of an anomaly. He he had 12 in, in 2019, 20 in, in, I guess, 2017. But only, let's see, he had only two home runs himself or three home runs himself in uh, 2021. And uh, what are you doing in 2022? Oh, yeah, because he split, he split time between Oakland and Chicago. But I don't think it's a massive upgrade. 
And I just like the energy that Iglesias brings. Am I going to like flip out if we sign Andrews? No, I'm not, you know, and it, it is what it is, but I don't know. I just, I like Iglesias. A- any other names uh, that just come to mind? Not free agent wise. Well, Wendell, I, I guess. Kind of done. We What's could, that? We could still get Wendell actually. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like Kim down there is she's dragging her feet. Um, it sounds like you know, once arise from Minnesota has been making some weird connections. Had breakfast with Yuli Gurriel yesterday. They were linked to Chapman today, so I'm not too sure what the hell is going on down in uh, South Beach. I don't think their fans know either. Gurriel off a lot of unsigned Gurriel. Yeah, he's, he's still hanging out there. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised, really, especially with the National League having a DH because he he's had some decent offensive years. Um, but all right. Um, one thing, just because it comes to mind, like, is Kim Eng on the hot seat? Because she wants major league ready people. Like, she's not interested in prospects. Like, I think she deserves to be. I think <laughs> if they don't do anything this year, I don't see why there why she wouldn't be. I I forget. I know one of um, those outfielders, uh, who was it? It's Garcia and um, Soler. I know one of them wasn't her pick, but the other one was. They both sucked. You know, they missed a huge opportunity to trade Pablo Lopez for an absolute haul last uh, trade deadline uh, to New York. They got greedy. I just don't see how anything is going to get better down there. And I, I just... She signs Chapman and Gurriel. What message does that send? I I just don't. Those are not very well liked players around the league. They both have some, uh, you know, incidents on and off the field. I think she absolutely deserves to be on there. There's just she's not done too much with that that Marlins team. So for the casual audience, I probably should have opened that question with that she's the first female executive. Like, she is the hind bloom of, of the Marlins, basically. Um, so, uh, you know, it's the first time, you know, any female's been, you know, promoted to that position. So um, she could be the first one that gets fired. And, I mean, I can't see any others getting promoted too soon anyway. But but I just feel like that might that's like a delicate thing. You know, it shouldn't be political, but I think some people will make it political. And, yeah, and um, my, my take there had nothing to do with that either. I'm just no, I know criticizing yeah. the moves. Yeah. You know, I just don't see the direction. And a couple guys I follow, you know, one from Prospect Live, he he just doesn't understand what the hell they're doing, and just kind of fears for their future for you know the decisions that have been made. It's almost like with Cincinnati and and Colorado, you know, they kind of had something going and. And they got erratic and stopped stop making sense because they had that playoff run in 2020. And I know it was abbreviated and it was a weird season. And if you don't want to give the Dodgers credit, that's fine. I don't have a dog in that fight. But, um, but the Marlins went, I think, a couple rounds into that playoff. And uh, it looks like they were turning a corner. It looks like, okay, this is the start. You know, they're going to they're gonna build on this. And then Jeter steps down or re- gets removed from ownership. They wouldn't allocate the money to sign Nick Castellanos. 
a guy who I love, Charlie hates. We won't get into that. But um, <laughs> but it's just, you know, it's it's a frustrating uh, organization. So, <clears throat> but all right. So one one person that we didn't talk about. I mean, we were talking about infielders earlier. Are yeah. you guys both out on Josh Harrison? Yeah, yeah. Give me give me Iglesias or Andrews. I, yeah, I don't think that does anything. I'm for... just saying because I mean, he's going to cost. I mean, doing what the Red Sox do best. I mean, we're not spending any money. Uh, necessarily on on certain players or certain positions. If you're not trying to spend a lot of money for someone that's going to be just like a backup, like an actual backup, I think he can be had for a million. I don't think he's going to be commanding anything crazier than that. I'd still much rather have Iglesias. I I, I don't know how I feel about Elvis Andrews. What's how Elvis Andrews? What he's 33 too? Is he older? He's 33, I think, and it's crazy because he was on those 2010 and 2011 World Series teams. Like when Andrew brought it up for the first time, what last week or the week before, I'm like, oh, "What's this? Another 38 year old?" And then I looked, and I'm like, "Wow, he's only 33." <laughs> yeah, then I came up young. Losing trade, trade for Chris Davis, and then you know, kind of just disappears out there in Oakland. So that, understandably so, that's the graveyard of modern baseball right now. Yeah. And I don't think they're making any headway on moving or rebuilding a stadium or anything. But Manfred does seem to think something's going to happen, I guess. But I think they just got denied public funding or something like for that. For the stadium? The yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a it's a absolute clown show. I don't like Las Vegas as a sports town, though. It's just... Like I feel like all sports teams are attractions there, and it, it, that's exactly what it is. I mean, the fun is hell to go to. I'll tell you that. If you ever get, especially the uh, hockey games, I mean, I'm like, at the casinos. I want to play Texas Hold'em. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to go to a damn sports event. But you know, you got some other cities like Nashville's trying really hard. That's what Dombrowski was doing. They're going to be the next one. I think they're first in line. Oh, are they? I don't like the idea of Portland. People keep throwing that out. I, I don't know, well, Portland's already got a team. Nashville's got a team. Nashville's got a hockey team there. Um, are the trail, then, Trailblazers are still Trailblazers. a team or no? Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, they're still, oh, okay. Yeah, I think they're the only team of, of relevance there. They're, they're the only team. I mean, they have the Timbers. I know they sell out. So wait, what about Montreal? They got to be somewhat high on that list. I don't think they're going to. I don't no think no one's trying to go to Canada. Really? Because. Uh. Tampa had no, that additional plan of splitting, yeah, but then that got the guy. Yeah, that was stupid. They ought to get out of Tampa, though. And I know the people in Tampa are real passionate about keeping a team, but... We're trying to pull Tampa out of Tampa before Oakland out of Oakland? No, Well, Well, not necessarily, but um, I I just... their team. Florida baseball teams just don't work, really. You know, the Marlins did for a handful of years, but... Um, what, where would you rather go the beach or set at a ball game of in like <laughs> for and, three hours and it's a transplant state though too yeah, exactly. you know we grew up you know boston sports is in our veins that's not the case like people in right. tampa aren't from there ha- have you guys been to miami to see their games no dude they're they're a party they are wild you was so there last year and the marlins play went down for a weekend um and uh we saw their superstar against Dustin May. The game lasted two hours and seventeen minutes. We were in the stadium for an hour forty-five. Sandy Alcantara was pitching for them, lights out, and that place was packed. I mean packed. They told me that unless the Dodgers or the Yankees like 
high octane teams are there. Not not the Red Sox right now, but the teams that are you know pretty good, Dodgers, Yankees right now. That place is packed. It takes you an hour and a half to get to park. Like you have to show up an hour and a half early just to park because there's nowhere to go. The parking lot is is completely jam packed. People are literally giving up their driveways and giving up their lawns so that you can pay twenty five dollars to them to park on their lawn. They don't even give a shit. It's wild. But um, I haven't seen Tampa. I haven't seen their stadium. I've I've heard it's it's kind of a crapshoot. It like is. People, I've, I've been there many times. It's it's a dump. And you don't have to spend a lot of money to get tickets. Well, we had a Tampa Bay uh, host for much of 2019. Was it Liz, right? Yeah, Liz Churchville. Um, And she she swears that like the inside of the stadium's fine, the outside's a dump, but she says it's a good experience once you're in there. I I can't say I've never been. That's her take. (laughs) I thought it sucked. It had no atmosphere. The the dome itself is stupid. You, the fact that you need to have different field rules because you know you hit a random part of the stadium above the infield and then oh yeah I hate that it's no, automatic it, it's, out it's a trash area it's a trash it's, ballpark I, all right whatever. fair enough but they, it was enough. supposed to be a hockey uh, arena originally I think well it was built in like 1986 so it's not like this no, no, new no, no, stadium no, no, 97 97. No, I don't. Was it, it was for the Lightning? I thought Tropicana was built '97. Yeah, you could double check that because they were the same year that the uh, it was '97, '98. It was the year that the Diamondbacks also got built. I am looking that up. I know Tampa became a team in. Tropicana uh, in... opened up in 1990. It was oh. for yeah. Okay, so it they. Was, I'm thinking... I thought it was built in '97. No, so I they must have broke ground in '86 or '87. I apologize. That's okay. That's all right. We we hold ourselves accountable here. Um, yeah, I've been wrong a lot today. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So uh, last topic, then we'll wrap. Uh, Tanner Houck, apparently teams are interested, and why wouldn't they be, especially if they want to stud closer, possibly. Um, calling the Red Sox. Red Sox aren't uh, seemingly interested in trading him. So, Andrew, um, should they be shopping him or or No. I don't think they should be shopping. I think they should be willing to listen. Um, I think he's probably got more value now than he potentially will going forward. They keep saying, you know, we're going to have him prepare to be stretched out, to be a starter, which you obviously have to do right now, especially, you know, if he is able to be traded. You can't just be like, no, he's a reliever. So I think he's got a lot of value both to, you know, the Red Sox in a multi-level role. If he's in that bullpen, you can count on him for two innings. I think that's honestly where he's going to end up being. But if another team wants to throw out, you know, a young outfielder or make it a part of a bigger trade, I don't want him for two years of Hey Song Kim. I, I, I like him a lot, but I don't think that's how the Red Sox need to be moving, you know, young, controllable pitching. I think we could be approaching, and I brought this up last year when we talked about roles. In a time where the Red Sox and Hauk could start having some tension between each party based off contract, because we're going to get into the Arb years soon. And, you know, his role is going to determine his pace. So, you know, if they don't trade him this offseason, do they come with a Garrett Whitlock-esque contract for him? Be like, 
here's what we're offering. It, can, it protects you if you're a reliever, and you know it's good money if you're a starter because you're not going to hit free agency until age 32. I think they have to help him out one way or another. They either have to, you know, move him out or approach him with a uh, l- a little bit of a deal here. Charlie. I'm not loving the idea of having to let go of Tanner Houck. I, I've been pretty adamant that I, I like him. I want to see. I want to see what he can do. I just, it's going to take an, a lot for me to say yes. Let's move on from him. I think honestly, also because we've already waited so long to see him do what he can do. Uh, people have been waiting for him to develop a, another pitch. He's also incredibly multiversatile. We don't have the depth in pitching, whether it be in starting rotation or in the bullpen. I'm just not going to say, yes, we do, and there's going to be a trade package worthwhile for the Red Sox to say, oh, yes, we'll get rid of Hauk and we'll play patty cakes with the rest of Major League Baseball and try to become a below-tier, below-average, and we're going to try to finish a game with the rotation that we have, with the, the bullpen that we have. It's just, I'm not, I'm not for it. It, it's it's sending it's sending the worst message you possibly can to your fan base if you get rid of them. I just I don't want to do it. I'm not keen on it either. Uh, I don't. I mean, I'd love to have a a controllable pitcher, you know, for four or five years. And the name from the Marlins that gets brought up is um, Edward Cabrera, but I don't know. Like that's kind of a lateral move. How for Cabrera? Like, so it just doesn't make sense that you're going to get a controllable pitcher. So now who are you going to get, uh, you know, as a controllable bat, you know, as far as a trade, Brian Reynolds, I mean, that's the, that's the dream, right? To get a, you know, a, a very productive, uh, you know, outfielder because our system is depleted. I mean, we got Rafaela and we can debate, you know, whether, you know, how good he's going to be. Um, but we just don't have a ton of depth. So, you know, if you're going to package him up with a Nick York type guy and another prospect that we're not comfortable dealing, but then you get Brian Reynolds. Okay. Maybe I guess, but I just, I don't see a scenario. I think we're giving up more. I just think we're a weaker team without Tanner Houck. I think arguably he's the second best reliever in the bullpen, behind Jansen and he could, and he could be the best, you know, Jansen led the league in saves last year. If he's a little bit off and and he's had one or two bad years, uh, you know, in the last few, how could be that guy? And I love the fact that he doesn't rattle. I, I just love how he owns the moment. You know, Eckersley calls him cool hand Luke. Um, I, I like that. And I, if Hauk stays in the bullpen, you got Jansen. If Martin is a solid three-something ERA guy, Schreiber gives you most of what he gave you last year. We've got the best bullpen in Major League Baseball. I don't want to mess with that. I'm not convinced that Whitlock doesn't end up uh, in the pen either at some point, you know, because he's just never started. And, um, you know, last year I know he had a hip injury. but And here's the other thing, too. If Hauk does develop a third pitch and they want to make another go at starting, fine. 
because what happens when you get into spring training and sale is just a complete mess. He's healthy, but he's a mess mechanically. And then, and then Paxton's not ready to start the season and there's some uncertainty there. And then you dealt Tanner Houck. I just think that's nuts. One guy we could deal, and I'm surprised that it's not been brought up at all, is Nick Pavetta. I there, there's a team out there that probably thinks they can fix him, and you can maybe get well, something I don't serviceable. Think he really needs much fixing. I, yeah, he's a good four or five pitcher, and you know, find me another starter that's gonna take the ball 35 times a year. There's something to be said for his availability, you know, game in, game out. He led the league in starts last year. That's beyond valuable uh, in baseball in 2023. I think they actually have a sneaky ton of depth. If, you know, everyone's healthy, you got Sale, Kluber, Whitlock, Bayo, Pavetta. James Paxton moves to your bullpen and he becomes your long guy. So you're potentially looking at a bullpen that has – James Paxton with a new arm, and if he's only asking you pitch, you know, two innings every three days, you know, that's pretty good. And then Tanner Houck takes you two, three innings. Schreiber, and then, you know, Chris Martin, Kenley. I think it's pretty solid, especially if you get anything resembling what Matt Barnes started to be near the end of last year. If he's your sixth inning guy, I'm feeling pretty confident about that, especially, you know, Brian Mata maybe coming up later. Brandon Walter coming up later. They 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 have some uh, they've got some bullets in the chamber. I'd love to see you know some of those minor leaguers come up and play uh, play a significant role. Um, but we'll see. Charlie, any more thoughts on Hulk? No, I mean we brought up a lot of great points there. Um, are all those relievers going to do what they did last year? it's still impossible to tell. We have no idea what they're going to do, especially for those that pitch in the national league and are going to try to make the change over to the AL. Could they all hit? Sure. Are they all going to probably not? And are there going to be injuries? Yeah. We just don't know who and the Pavetta thing. Yeah, sure. Great. 30 starts. Awesome. Great. Are they going to be quality? You could say 30 starts, but if half of them you get shelled and you allow five or six runs, that's, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde all over again. Actually, That's not going to get to me. I'm sorry. With, yeah, no, with Pavetta, um, here, here's the thing, and I gave this take on a Twitter space recently. Every player has a shelf life in the league, but I think even more, I think you have a shelf life in the AL East. I think when these teams start to see you, you're just going to get, you're just going to get hammered on. And, I think Nick Pavetta could benefit from the AL Central probably or the AL West. And we're going to see less of the division, I guess, this year. You're down to 52 games. But I just feel like, is he going to be fooling the Yankees his fourth straight year in the division? So I just feel like he's got some value now. He might have no value in July is is my thing. But... Any any more thoughts before we wrap? No, I think we um I think we have one more move. I don't think it's gonna be major. I think they again it'll be one of the short stops or a minor trade. They're gonna have to figure out some things with the back end of the 40. Um 
I'm assuming Dahlbeck is out of town before Jaron Duran. I think Jaron Duran still has some potential there, especially since he's an outfielder. So we're, we're going to see a couple things. Obviously, they'll need to find something for Adam Duvall. If one of these shortstops can sign and not become official till pitchers and uh, catchers report, that's great. That way we can move Trevor Story to the 60-day IL and take him off the 40. But, yeah, they're going to have some, uh, some cleanup to do there on the back end. Actually, why couldn't you do that though? Put him on the sixty. I mean, there's no uh, scenario where he comes yeah, back. Yeah, you can't do it till pitchers and catchers report. Oh, oh that's the that, only holdout. Yeah, brutal. I wasn't sure of that either. Okay. I had to look it up earlier before we went on because it's like, when can we do that? Yeah, it's so what twenty eight days, thirty days. Okay. Like that. Yeah, that that makes sense now. All right. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I'm still holding out that uh, sale gets traded. You know, that'll free up a, a little bit of payroll anyway. Probably not a ton, but but we'll see. Um, there was some interest on him, but all right. We will wrap on that and uh, probably not be back until the end of the weekend, unless, of course, uh, a development does happen. Um, in which we'll do it immediately. But uh, in case we are not, everyone have a good rest of your week. Take care.